episode of the Yu Yu Hakusho. We discussed last time Yusuke's first mission as spirit detective to retrieve the three artifacts of darkness that were stolen from the spirit world by three notorious thieves. We were introduced to Kurama and Ye, who will later become key players in the series. Today, we'll cover episodes 9 through 13, aka Genkai's successor arc. Again, my name is Sarah. I'm Hannah. Megan! It's your boy, Joe. I'm Patrick. And we're the Yu Yu Hakusho! I'm surprised we didn't go with, uh, no, this is Patrick. <laughs> I'm just down the inside right now, so. Nice. Alright, so the first episode, nine, um, official title is The Search Begins, or in the Japanese, The Success for Tegenkai. The Tournament Begins. It originally aired in Japan on December 5th, 1992, and then in the U.S. on April 6th, 2002. Uh, Basic synopsis is that Yusuke enters a fighting tournament at Koenma's behest and creative use of bribery. The winner of the tournament gets to learn the secret techniques of Genkai, a master psychic, and Koenma knows that there is a demon named Rando that will be after Genkai's techniques. Yusuke finds his old rival, Kuwabara, at the tournament, who is seeking to learn more about his powers, and both now have no incentive to learn Genkai's powers either way. So, what was everyone's overall impression of the episode? I thought it was really good. I think this may be the first episode I ever saw. Uh, it's definitely It definitely sticks out in my mind, because uh, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I started with the Genkai Succession Tournament, and mm-hmm. it kind of... It's kind of what uh, shaped my image of what the series was to be. Yeah, um, I think for me, it kind of gave for me the tone of like a lot of the humor and how the battles would kind of be like in the future of the series. Because, you know, beforehand, it was just Yusuke kind of discovering his new abilities. And now with like the Genkai successor arc, it was him getting used to his abilities and also Kuwabara discovering his potential rather than just being like a goofy like um, rival who would get beat up all the time. Yeah, it really ramped up fast from just random fist fighting to demon fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I remember the first couple of us was like, oh, just beating each other up in the revival arc. Now it's like getting way up there. <laughs> And craziness. What did you think, Megan? It was a good... Int- I liked it a lot, actually. It was a good introduction of, like, the different, um, like, spirit levels and types of spirit energies and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, how they really compare to, like, another person in a similar... You kind of get a sense that Yusuke and, uh, Kuwabara aren't, like, the only ones in the entire world who... in the entire human world who have spirit energy. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more common than, like, it was originally... You know, there was a lot of people in that first, like, who made that first cut of, yeah. first round cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought the same. I feel like for me, it was definitely one of the first episodes that I saw, too, that really stuck to my memory. I also found just a really funny episode oh, overall. Yeah. Like, there's just so many hilarious moments, and it was kind of the start of, like, what I feel like the series will come, which is a lot of just... A lot of tournaments. It's like the first tournament <laughs> of many. Basically. Hashtag too many tournaments. <laughs> like the series has some of the best tournaments ever, but like it also has one of the 
worst tournaments ever. <laughs> Which one was the worst? You'll find out. You'll... So it wasn't this one? This wasn't the It worst? wasn't this one. This no, was just the nice. first one. Yeah. <laughs> this one... This technically counts as a tournament, though, because it's like... Oh, yeah. It's like challenges and... Well, it's challenges and a tournament. It's the, it's the pentathlon of tournaments, I guess. <laughs> so it's like the Olympics. Yeah. I, we'll go with that. Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of... Uh, There's a lot of funny moments, like uh, when... Uh, when... Uh, when uh, Botan uh, bribed uh, Yusuke. Oh yeah. With the, I actually looked on the tickets. They're about uh, thirty thousand yen, which is about oh, three hundred dollars for the ticket. Yeah. I was like, whoa, hmm. those are some expensive ass tickets. What were the tickets for again? I'm sorry. So I'm not entirely clear, but we can talk about that like in the okay. uh, you know sort of run through. Yeah. So the episode starts. With Yusuke climbing up a hill and having a flashback where Botan bribes him to skip school, promising him... Oh, to skip his, like, school holiday break. Oh, his school holiday break. Um, Promising him tickets to the battle match at Tokyo Dome tickets. And so, the ambiguity there is... So, they say that directly in English, but in the Japanese version, they use the word kakutogi, which... Uh effectively means like combat sports and Yusuke describes himself as a kakutogi otaku but one thing that's weird is that can mean in the early 90s it generally meant either kickboxing like the foundations of k1 or the beginning of mma in japan because so uh mma you know ufc type stuff in the states took off in 1994 but in japan it has a longer history going back to 1986 with the league uh, Shuto, started by a guy named Satoru Sayama, who was Tiger Mask, a famous pro wrestler. But, long story short, in the early 90s, they were doing big tournaments uh, called Valley Tudo Japan. So, it's ambiguous as to whether or not this is an early MMA tournament or, like, one of the early K1 fights. And if I could read Japanese on the ticket, it would probably be more clear. Let's get some Google Translate going on. (laughs) I'll look at it and we can figure it out, but I didn't look super at the ticket. Yeah, I mean, why would you? I would have had to have called you up and be like, Megan, Megan, please, zoom in on this frame. 1259. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Botan mentions sort of an ulterior motive to doing this. It's to get Yusuke off his ass and training. Because uh, they effectively say that while Yusuke is strong, he doesn't, you know, he hasn't really worked that much for it. So they want to get him to, they want to force him to be stronger. She never says this, though. She was about to. And then she it was a flashback. And, mm-hmm. like, um, she was, like, <laughs> got really nervous. She, like, stumbled on her words. And then instead of saying, yeah, we want to train you, she just went on to saying how dangerous this mission would be. And so, um, basically, the mission is use case second mission to stop the demon Rando from coming Genkai's successor. So, Genkai is this amazing... Um, psychic or psychic? medium? Like, yeah. what, what word did they use in Japanese? Because, like, in English they use psychic, which is ambiguous. I prefer the term psycho. Psycho. <laughs> but yeah, I, I. What did they use? In I wonder if they use like medium or like Something fighter, because like all these terms kind of work because she has elements of all of them. She's technically psychic. She is a fighter. Did they? They didn't use the word master, did they? Um. No. They they do refer to his master a couple times, but I forget if they did that at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't remember. I just remember like sensei and stuff, but I could have could have maybe just missed that when I was watching it. Yeah, I I did I do really like uh, Rando's name so fitting. He's just <laughs> just some rando villain just for this arc. And his name. Uh, well, yes, for sure. His oh, name also. Okay. No, no, no. But his name also means uh, 
Child of Confusion, which mm. I guess kind of works as well. And it it is more appropriate in the Japanese version where his voice is that of a little kid, while in the English version it is not. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So Yusuke has no idea what Randall looks like. And I think that's part of the challenge is he has to figure out who is Rando and try to stop him so that way he doesn't gain all the skills that Genkai would pass on to her successor and like conquer the world and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so we go to the next part and he's like walking up the stairs and all of a sudden he sees a bunch of fighters, including one of the best fighters in Junior high, which is Kuwabara. Number two greatest fighter of Sarayashiki High, Kazuma Kuwabara. The fact they're in junior high still boggles my goddamn mind. Most anime, like, that are about, like, kids, I'm always just like, just add three years and, like, the show makes, instantly makes more sense. Like, look at Gundam Wing. Everything about that show makes more sense if you add three years to everyone's age. I feel like 14 is, like, the magic number for shonen heroes. Yeah. I really have any coming-of-age story, because... Or piloting Max, yeah. Yeah, piloting (laughs) Max. Because, like, even Gunnam needs to be 14-year-old to do that. Uh, Isn't Gunnam, they're all 14 as well? I think in Gunnam, they're... Well, in Wing, they're, like, 15. I guess. But, like, Wufei got married at 14. But, yeah, all right. Something (laughs) about 14. It's like a uh, there's this image I saw. It was like a this real strong buff guy. And oh, it's like yeah. it's like my name is this guy and I'm 17 and I go to this high school. <laughs> yeah, God. Well, what it's, is that? It was like the... stereotypical shonen protagonist or whatever. Gurren Lagann. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He was the Yoko. Yoko. The girl. Yoko. Wait, how old is she? 14. Oh, that's really <laughs> so, weird in retrospect. I mean, Gordon Logan's a pretty pretty popular show. That might just be Gotten um, X. That appears to heaven. That's just Gotten X. Gordon Logan also has another weird problem where they like skip like three years and suddenly the population of the world has like more than like quintupled or yeah, something. Yeah. Just like yeah, that's that's how <laughs> yeah, it that works. works. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, uh, amongst the fighters, you know, they they see Kuobara. He's there to figure out his psychic abilities. Wants Genkai to sort of turn them down. He wasn't here for the succession. He's He's just here because he heard that she was a psychic who could manipulate his energy. But other than Kuwabara, there's some other famous fighters here that, uh, you know, not everyone may have noticed. But a lot of the cast of Street Fighter 2 are here. Oh, I just know. Wait, I know really? one of the guys who looked Ryu. I was like, what yeah. the heck? Dalsim <laughs> is there. E Honda is there. Ryu, Ken, Chun Li, and T Hawk are all just in the background in different. Oh, I guess Zangief is also there. I didn't write that down, but Zangief is there. He's very much a scarred Russian dude. But they never address any of them because that'd be super copyright infringing. <laughs> He's not one of the ones that know have a speaking role, right? Yeah, none of the none of them make it past the first round of the tournament. Oh, okay. uh, the first round of the uh, selection process. Well, I thought that was kind of funny because towards the end of one of the episodes. She mentions uh, she's going to teach him Rei ha- Hadouken. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rei Hado. Yeah. Hadouken. I was like, oh, geez. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, you're going to be throwing, throwing uh, balls now? It's... Uh, it's Energy balls? It's more like a generalized thing because uh, Rei Hado means like a spirit wave more than anything else. Like rather than like fireball or anything. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get into that as we go on. I'm pretty sure that's what's supposed to be in Street Fighter as well, but anyway, uh, let's continue. No, that, that one's Hado Ken, so that's Wave Fist, which is why it's a fireball. I got your Wave... Well, I mean, we'll yeah. get into that so later. so for the first round of the tournament, um, all the... Genkai reveals herself as this powerful psychic, and with the first round, if she's her successor, she has everyone pick pieces of paper from a pot. Um... 
when they look at the paper, it will turn either a color red or white. Red is signifying that the person has a very strong spiritual energy and will advance to the second round. If it stays white, that means that person is a weak ass when it comes to spirit energy and they don't advance. So it's not initially revealed that this how this is how it works. Genkai presents it as like as the first step, we're going to draw lots. Yeah, like and random. then Yeah, everyone just has one of those anime everyone falls over moments immediately. <laughs> But, uh, you know, in her mind, in like, she has a thought where she's just like, little did they know that it's their spirit energy turning it that color. She does a lot of this where she's just, she just randomly throws these challenges that make no sense whatsoever, but she has this voice over her head being like, hey, 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 you exactly. know. So, uh, two of the guys who lose this, well, first of all, Yusuke and Kuwabara both pass and say something to the effect of, Lucky me, but they're both actually kind of pissed off because they just wanted to be in and out of there rather than having to waste their break or Kuobara not getting his, uh, you know, abilities downgraded, which is very weird in retrospect. Uh, but two dudes who lost are uh, two shaman shamanists from uh, Kyushu. They're huge dudes, and they try to attack Genkai because they're assholes, like saying, like, oh, how could you reject us? We're two of the most famous, like, shamans or psychics from Kyushu. And uh, Genkai just fucking blows them away with her mind. Blows their minds. Well, yes, and their bodies, too. They just fly backwards. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty legit. And this obviously... This is, um, you know, the the term uh, prison rules were when, like, the first day you're in prison, you're supposed to beat up the biggest dude in the hall to, like, you know, get your place amongst the social hierarchy? <laughs> Genkai just fucking went prison rules on this. <laughs> But yeah, so the second round, uh, they go into a building that they're surprised to find is a fucking arcade. And uh, one, of the, one of the characters, a young boy, sort of walks up and says, What do arcade games have to do with spiritual power? That's not a direct quote, but it's saying to that effect. And uh, it's the first time they highlight this character who will become important later, shall we say. Um, but uh, Genkai explains these machines measure different aspects of Reiki slash, you know, spirit energy. And uh, Sarah, do you want to run through them yeah so there's a punching machine which measures just basically the power level the hit of your attacks of your spirit energy there's a rock paper scissors machine which measures spirit awareness and there's a karaoke machine which measures just the amount of spiritual energy that a person has that would be my favorite for sure <laughs> what's interesting is that the ability to do these things don't necessarily match up with the level you have of them i guess you could say because one of the people who sings on the karaoke machine is fucking terrible but gets a really good score because he like had a really good spirit ability that's the nazi dude right well We'll get into that. He is not a Nazi. He has a swastika on his head, but it's the original swastika, not the one the Germans used. Yeah. Actually, some of the scenes I noticed it was tilted a bit, so I was like, oh, jeez. I think that was because they drew him badly. If you look at those same scenes, his eyes are somewhat crossed as well, and I think that's a complete accident. (laughs) Probably, but it's... It's it's, It's a deeper character. It's funny, nonetheless. (laughs) Unintentionally problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, you're supposed to get high scores, which means, you know, you rate on these different things. This is the most quantitative that I think Yu Hakusho gets with spirit energy in like a you know Dragon Ball Z scouter way Mm -hmm. like they never again get this quantitative with stuff I mean they do during the last saga but that doesn't count uh not because the saga doesn't count but just because it's so stupid um but so you have to win two out of three of the games in order to advance and uh you know Kuobara starts this out by doing rock paper scissors 
and gets uh, a perfect fucking score. He doesn't lose a single one. He's able to read the entire thing. What's interesting is if you look at later in the episode, they show cards that show how powerful people are. For the uh, spiritual awareness one, it's literally how many things of rock, paper, scissors did you win? So he's 15-0 while other people are like, oh, 13-2 or something like that. What what exactly? I actually didn't understand how to play that. It seemed like just hitting the different things, like whack them. So he knows what's coming up, basically. But like it's... I think you we have they have those games too and it's basically you just hit one and hope you get lucky and beat the screen. I got you because there's there's like three different things as like hit, you sit in each one. Oh wait, so never mind. Confused. I'm thinking of a different one. I was confused as it was because there's it's like the the paper rock and then the scissors. There's there's two on, three on the top, three on the bottom. He was just hitting them. It's like yeah, he's huh? trying to hit the one that directly beats the one that's displaying. Oh, like so. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, Japan has like a long history with rock paper scissors. If I remember correctly, Japan actually invented rock paper scissors based on an older Chinese game that was had a couple different hand signs. But like straight up, like even though we think of rock paper scissors as like a universal thing or like a Western thing, it's straight up from Japan originally called a uh, Ken Pon. Um, and yeah, so that's why it, not only is it in this, but also if you go back to, what's up? Oh, sorry. Hunter x Hunter. Oh yeah. If you go back to video games from the eighties, sometimes boss fights after you beat a boss, you then have to beat them in rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) Cause in Japan, this isn't as true anymore, but it used to be culturally considered a thing that involved skill in addition to luck, even though that's Mm. fucking insane if you think about it. But yeah, so there's a bizarre connection to rock, paper, scissors in Japan that doesn't translate as well. Hence why, even though it's a spiritual awareness thing, it's also like a cultural thing. Yeah, it is pretty funny seeing them do it in the dubs because they have to add like a bunch of lines because apparently when they discard it off, it's like really long. So I think it was... I think it was Eva, but they were doing that. It's like a giant entourage while they're doing it. And it's like, rock, paper, do, do. And they say something completely different. Hmm. Um, um, they didn't do this in this. Yeah. It's like... Uh, it's like rock, It's uh, we say it, it's kind of like a rock, paper, scissors, okay, another time, and then like one last time, I think. It's like two out of three, it's basically how do you say it. Yeah. It's like doing it over and over again. I think it's been a while since. So, I know other cultures that have rock, paper, scissors after getting it from Japan have different rhymes they use. Like, for instance, there's one in Tagalog that I'd probably fucking massacre if I tried doing it, okay. but effectively it comes out as, like, they, they name the character, they, instead of saying Janken, they say Jack and... Hoy, holly, holly, hoy. Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. And whoever loses this is a monkey is effectively what the last part of it translates to, because I can't pronounce that super well. It should be like uh, the East Coast guys, rock, paper, scissors, rock, paper, scissors. Short, <laughs> sweet, and to the point. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, Kubara wins this, and then Yusuke uh, does the punching... Well, so Kubara does the uh, punching bag thing, gets the gets a pretty good score, which y- Yusuke basically then just completely destroys... He's like, get uh, out of here, scrub. Let me <laughs> prove my betterness. Number one punk is Sariyashiki So they rotate through the games. They show the bald ninja, who you'll later find out is named Kazimaru, who gets the highest score in karaoke, which is to measure someone's uh, spiritual capacity, a.k.a. how much total energy do they have. So that's, you know, good foreshadowing. And there's, But there's also a guy who gets an even higher score in the punching game than Yusuke. There's this very scarred up dude who we will learn more about later. I wonder if he might be Rando. 
Yeah, I wonder who of these guys could be Rando. Who could be Rando? So speaking of uh, you know Rando, we get to the third round of this uh, succession test, and there's 20 contestants left. They show all their images, but it's very stereotypical anime where you can tell the ones who are drawn better are the ones who are going to make it further into the tournament. Because there's some dudes who just look like dudes, and you're like, that guy's not getting fucking anywhere. It's pretty privileged. Yes. Animators had to take priority about who they should draw, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of time. I'm not criticizing. It's more like just like, yeah, if you're if you're aware of uh, you know anime tropes, it will be very obvious who's <laughs> making it. Look at drawing crayon, and it's like all sketched up. Here you go. Yes. So uh, for the next part, they're going to have, uh, I guess you could call it a race through a cursed forest. A forest. Uh, in the U.S. version, uh, Genkai describes it as a forest as old as the human race. I don't think they say something similar in the Japanese one, but it's hinted at being a uh, haunted forest, which uh, Japan has a number of famous haunted forests. I don't think this is the one that everyone thinks about, like the suicide forest, but this is a haunted forest, and that's kind of like a goes back to a Shintoist thing of like, Places of, like, great natural power. See if you get Logan Paul to go into it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope he, you know, encounters Baldock and things don't go well for him. <laughs> and so for all the contestants, so it mainly focuses on Kuobara, who uses his spirit awareness to skip 99% of the obstacles. Um, the Scar guy who beat Yusuke in the punching round, his name's Kabano, right? Yep. He uses knife hand strikes. He just karate chops a bunch of wolves, basically. <laughs> yeah, and they're all just like making like, you know, noises. Yeah. It's... Like he's just beating up animals to get through this. He looks like scarred karate Jesus, if you look. Yeah. He's, he's buff Jesus. Well, that's new hashtag, uh, buff Jesus. Or yes. Bro. No, karate Jesus. Karate <laughs> Jesus. And then Kazimaru, um, the monk guy who was number one in karaoke, he dodges <laughs> living the vines. Yeah, he um, narrowly escapes becoming part of, like, some hentai. It's great. <laughs> so three hours later, um, Kubar is the first one to show up. And then the other... There are other seven contestants who show up, including Kazimaru and Kabano. Um, Yusuke... It then goes back to Yusuke, who takes the straight path. And he encounters a demon named Baldock. Right? Yep. Yes. AKA Batman. <laughs> yes. Yusuke versus Batman. It was, kind of, it was an interesting fight. Yeah. Um, so Baldock is an incredibly fast uh, fighter, but he's he has like fairly linear ways of moving because he's a he is a bat basically. So he flies around and like even though he's very fast, he's kind of circling but not doing banking. He's just doing straight shots through there. And uh, Yusuke kind of struggles with him for a bit, but then they have this really fucking cool rotating shot. Uh, how would you guys, like, I, is there a term for, like, the way they, they do that? Because it's, it's not, like, a flat plane. Like they No, rotoscope's the wrong word, because that's where you, like, trace, like, real photos and... It's kind of like, is this similar to, like, a fisheye kind of perspective? No. Like, six skate footy. It's like a, it's like a... Like some kind of 360. Yeah, it's like a cool perspective 360 <laughs> shot where they, like, go around him as Baldock is, like, diving in. Yeah. And then Yusuke just does this strict, like, huge fucking counter, just punches him right in the face. And then proceeds to complain about how he's been stuck there for 30 minutes just <laughs> memorizing the guy's attack patterns. Like, it's some fucking video game. Because I guess that's how he lives <laughs> his <laughs> life. Yeah, um, Baldock has a really annoying <laughs> voice, but a very scary face. Like, a typical, like, what we consider, like, a vampire kind of creature. Yeah. 
um, kind of tying, because I read the manga, and in the manga, looks completely different. Oh, looks, really? Yeah. What does he look like? He looks like, kind of like, um, Is it like an a Dracula. Vampire? Oh my god. Oh. Parody. Oh. So just like, parted hair in the middle, big ass eyes, no nose, and little tiny vampire teeth. Oh. So it's really interesting that the animators decided to go with a different look. And he maybe kinda, to make it more serious. Yeah. He kind of looks like a... A swong? Yeah, I was going to yeah, literally swan. say that, yeah. He looks like a swong. Yeah, he looks like a Filipino uh, folk monster that's like a flying vampire bat thing. Which I have my theory that it's just to explain, like, miscarriages is why a swong is a thing. Oh, oh. I think there's that, and the yeah. fact that the Philippines also has one of the largest uh, bat species yeah. there as well. So it's probably just the combination of, like, oh, yeah, uh, fucking giant bats and, yeah, miscarriage. <laughs> They vampires. That's what their thing was. They like ate unborn children. Yeah, and they like could fly around at night by disconnecting the top half of their body from the bottom half of their body. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Malbat could not do that. That would be a completely different fight. That would be, <laughs> that'd be that a terrifying fight. <laughs> like, oh, you thought I was done. Yeah, but check out my legs. <laughs> Just that would take, take longer than 30 minutes <laughs> to figure out. He, come, he, he shows up like in the final fights already happening. Uh, but yeah, so speaking of Yusuke and time, he uh, actually ends up getting there late, and you know, everyone's, like, he's kind of like joking around, and then, like, Kuwabara, like, scolds him and mentions, like, hey, you're late, you're fucked, but Genkai, after hearing that he went straight through the forest, says, you know, surely you must have beat up, uh, surely you must have encountered a lethal man-bat by the name of Baldock. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I fought that guy, fuck him. <laughs> and, and says something like, he wasn't nearly as fast as he, which... It's a very weird thing to say because literally no one there has any idea who the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. And he said this in English and Japanese, so I don't know what that was about. But Genkai is impressed and allows him an exception to go into the to, to the tournament because she's like, oh shit, he beat up that dude? Well, maybe Genkai, Genkai might know because, I mean, she's connected. She knows about Kuenma and all that. So, so she could have potential... And he put like an APB on him, so... I would... I would uh, say that you were right, except you'll find out some stuff later that Genkai's kind of been out of touch with the spirit world for a couple decades. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. Spoilers of sorts, but yeah. Thanks, Joe. You could just say that Hiei just left a really big impression on Yusuke, that yeah. he would just be, he would just name drop him casually. And people <laughs> are like, yeah, we don't know who that is, but cool. Hiei, yeah, that guy's like a, he's so sad, no. He has that, like, uh, I think Yusuke has that, like, respect for Hiei and oh, Kawama, yeah. the, those guys he's fought, as opposed to, he never mentions anybody else, like. Yeah, he doesn't mention, yeah, he's he doesn't faster than the cool my name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sell a picture in his room. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, so the episode kind of ends with, like, celebrating about that, and, like, Yusuke and Kuwabara end up, like, just, like, hugging instinctually and then, like, separating because they're like, yeah, I was trying to fucking choke you, man. We're not buddies, even though we totally are. Dude, I want, I want a relationship status like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, the final shot of the episode is the fucking beginning of the Brady Bunch, but with the eight remaining fighters and Genkai in the middle, it's very, it's very much the Brady Bunch. It's, it's funny. And, you know, we're left with who the fuck is Rando? So, real quick, um, Hannah just what pulled up fuck? a picture of the original manga. I suggest Google it of, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Baldock. Baldock. And it's adorable. Yeah, it's really he cute. so cute. I can see why they made him look more like 
a stereotypical. I'm hazardous. Deem like a almost like a gargoyle. Yeah. Yeah. These are. I, I. They definitely wanted to make the scene more serious by changing the look of the character design. Yeah. I remember in the manga. Oh, it's the second picture. Um, in the manga, this whole battle was like two seconds. Yeah. And so in the anime, it was a bit stretched out. So it was a little yeah. surprising, but. I think they made the right choice. Yeah, it gives it more weight versus like, hi, I'm Maldak. Like, I don't know what he sounded like in your I head when you read it. I you. <laughs> <laughs> in the anime, he looks like a, you know, like the old Gargoyles cartoon. Oh, yeah, he does, really yeah. With big round eyes and like cute little teeth and a yeah, He looks like touch. the, uh, what's like the, Chocula? Oh, Count Chocula. Count Chocula. <laughs> He looks like a chibi Count Chocula. He looks like um, there was a Castlevania spinoff game called like Oh Kid Dracula. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kid Dracula. Look that up real quick because he looks like Kid Dracula. I was thinking the same thing. By the way, they released that on vinyl. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, they got shipped the store today. Uh, <laughs> I should have picked that up. Yeah, Kid Dracula rules. It's actually a really good game. Yeah, it's uh, weird when he, like, murdered that guy and, like, ate his head. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so the next episode. Coolbar's Spirit Sword, or Death Battle in the Dark, Coolbar's Reikei Sword. It originally aired on December 12th in 1992 in Japan, and then later in the U.S. on April 13th, 2002. Uh, basic synopsis, the remaining eight finalists are entered into a tournament of one-on-one matches. The first round takes place in a temple of complete darkness. Yusuke is to fight an opponent who wears a helmet that detects and absorbs spirit energy, and Kuobara is up against Ninja Big Boss. I like how they describe a ninja big boss. I think, I think that might be one. Did Patrick that, that was that me. Yeah, I did all that his name? I think, I think the original synopsis was like twice as long. So yeah, he just cut some I, I had to cut it down. Yeah. They were like super, yeah, but he. Over that, was, that's what I was thinking ninja big boss. I really like that. So, uh. I guess, like, what are your guys' overall impressions of the episode? No, I like this one a lot. It's one of my favorites. Same, actually. Yeah. I, I like that they, it feels like the tournament's going to be a lot longer than it is, yeah. but it's still, like, a good way to start it out. Mm-hmm. Is this the one where Botan pops up? Yes. Yes! Okay. <laughs> and Botan's just like, ah, I'm here now, and then Genkai's like, yeah, come <laughs> on in, <laughs> This is some shit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this this one I really like, because it really, it really made me fall more in love with Kurobara than I already was. <laughs> Was part of it because of him falling in love with someone than he more in love with someone than he already was? I was getting jealous on that one. <laughs> of Botan? No, oh, no, I'm jealous of I'm jealous that Botan. I think that's what you said, right? Yeah. Okay, cut <laughs> Never that mind. Out, sorry. Uh, but anyway, so there's eight fighters left. There's Yusuke and Kuwabara. There's everyone kind of introduces themselves at this point, so now we can actually say their names instead of just their archetype. But there's a guy named Musashi who is a kendo practitioner from a school called the Shinbato School. Uh, there's a guy named Shorin. He's the kid who asked about the arcade games earlier. He's, he describes himself as a Kenpo practitioner, mm-hmm. uh, which is a style of karate that's more uh, Chinese-influenced. So, uh, like, for instance, there's forms of Kenpo that directly reference Shaolin Kung Fu forms. So his name actually is the Japanese pronunciation of Shaolin. So Shaolin Shorin. Mm-hmm. I was Shaolin that. Showdown. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. The fact and, that he's, like, yellow. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, so which one was the Nazi? Oh well, we'll, we'll get to that. But Kabano uh, is the next dude. He's uh, the you know kung, he's karate Jesus. 
He's uh, described himself as a master of many martial arts styles. In the American version, they describe him as a master of all martial arts styles, which is kind of a weird distinction. But there's a very stereotypically looking, uh, stereotypical looking Chinese guy named Chinpo the Wanderer. His name in Japanese, I don't know if the characters for this, but it is a homophone for dick. Like, just yeah. like penis. I don't know why. It fits, right? Yeah, he is, he is um, probably the only foreigner in Yu Show, the only non-Japanese person who shows up in the entire show. Non-Japanese, non-demon person, because there are demons who are not, you know, ethnically Japanese <laughs> who show up, but they don't, they don't count as people. This is my new hard stance. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking with you, but you get the idea. <laughs> I feel offended. Man. Yeah, so then there's Kazemaru, who is the uh, ninja, and also he's apparently a bodyguard to political officials. He has a swastika slash manji on his head, which is the original Buddhist slash Hindu uh, swastika slash manji, which is actually rotated the opposite direction of the uh, German slash Nazi swastika. They are related, but it's a one-way relation because the German one is based off of the Hindu symbol because Hitler and many of the people in charge of creating Nazi iconography were obsessed with the connection of uh, the ancient uh, Aryans with the ancient uh, Indo-Aryan people of India. And so because of that, he's like, well, this is probably like a glimpse into our Nordic past, so let's combine our swastikas and make something terrible. Was in the original meaning to find like more Buddhist temples on a map or something? Sorry. Oh, so, sorry. What were you saying, man? Uh, wasn't it uh, the original intention to mark like uh, temples on a map or something? Uh, I don't know, actually, off the top of my head, but that, I, I that'd be interesting. I remember watching that from a Digino Gaming video, I think. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, so Megan brought to my attention that the literal translation of uh, Chin Po's name, if you take the characters, is Treasure. So he's yeah. he's Dick Treasure. All right. Yeah, <laughs> but like it is it, Chin Po is it's yeah. Dick. But it's isn't missed. a Dick a treasure? If you it think is, about it, for sometimes. But anyways, or, or a curse. Or a curse. Yeah, <laughs> it could be other. Yeah. Anyways, so the last guy is a dude named Kuroda. Who, uh, he's an assassin and he's a master of the knife. I honestly wish he was involved in more of this show because he seems pretty fucking cool. Uh, but yeah, the tournament placement is again done by lots. The uh, organization of it is that there's going to be uh, Shoren versus Shinpo, uh, Musashi versus Kuwabara, Kibano versus Yusuke, and Kazumaru versus Kuroda. And you know, if you're watching these episodes with us, you'll know the order this took place in. But you could assemble a uh, tournament chart like they did on the show. But that's kind of the general idea. It will start out as one-on-one matchups in not pitch black, but near pitch black. So one thing to know is that Genkai literally says. Fight any way you can. Use any kind of weapons. I don't care. You can kill them. Just win. That's like the only thing. So she's not being sarcastic. She like is like, yeah, just fuck it. You can do it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know. I think like half the contestants like died too. Yeah. Some of them it's ambiguous, but like we can get into that. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure like one of them just woke up in the Temple of Darkness later and just like, whoa, (laughs) Whoa, what the fuck happened? Here, taking a nap. Day. Oh man, I better get home. It's getting pretty late. And there's no medical staff at Genkai's place. Yeah, I'm just no. imagining Genkai sees the person days later or has to clean up a rotting corpse. He's like, ah, oh, oh. motherfucker, again? I think he should just have the guy. New assistant, get over here. <laughs> so the the first uh, tournament match is between Kazumaru the ninja and Kuroda the assassin. Uh, they kind of. Kuroda clarifies, like, are you sure I can kill whoever the fuck I want? And Genkai's like, yeah, whatever. I'm not a saint. Uh, and so. They kind of have this interesting rivalry thing going on because Kazumaru, again, is a bodyguard and Kuroda is an assassin. You know, they're po- they're uh, professional rivals and that's even pointed out. It's uh, kind of a, a cool thing. 
But the fight uh, starts out very one-sided. Kuroda is just basically cornering Kazumaru with, like, some kick-ass knife work. And, um, you know, people can't really see it very well, but Kuwabara, this is where it's revealed that his spirit sense is high enough that he can make out the figures even in darkness. And he's explaining, like, oh, yeah, Kuroda's pushing back uh, Kazumaru. And he's... Kuroda's basically about to finish the fight stabbing Kazumaru, and then Kazumaru just puts up his hand, and you're like, oh, wait, what the fuck is happening? He shoots a fucking Kamehameha out of his hand. <laughs> and by that, I mean an energy blast, but it, it was the beam kind rather than the circle kind, hence describing it as a Kamehameha versus a Hadoken. He killed that dude. Yeah, this is where I'm unclear, because I'm like, I, I don't know if that dude's dead, or if he's just... Or if he's just out somewhere, and how did, like, one of the later fights not have one of the dudes trip over his unconscious body? Maybe he just blasted on the other side of wherever the darkness ended. Just like, boom, boom. I, I just assumed he <laughs> obliterated him. Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe he's just, now everyone's breathing him in. Everyone has a little bit of Kuroda inside them. Don't we Don't all? We all? <laughs> yeah, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, so Yusuke actually sees this, and he's like, wait, did he do the same thing I do? A spare gun? And then... Botan's like, bingo, except not really. <laughs> so It's like, you ain't special, Yusuke. Yeah, she elaborates how, um, basically, instead of putting all of the spirit energy in one singular area, such as, like, Yusuke, it's his finger, um, it's kind of, like, distributed throughout his entire palm. So, and that kind of helps with not only, like, making it, just as strong, but also helps with his endurance, and then he can have equal strength afterwards. While Yusuke got, you know, he's a one and done kind of guy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. At, at this point in the series, yeah, when they show like their stats, like uh, Kazumaru has like one of the highest capacities, which was what the karaoke thing was, mm -hmm. and like if I remember, it's like larger than Yusuke's capacity by like an order of three or something. Yeah. So this leads into break time because, like, where did this random botan appear? And basically, Yusuke and Kuwabara head outside the temple, and then they, um, you kind of shoots back to like Kuwema back in Spear World, and he's like basically nagging Yusuke about the mission, and Kuwema's like complaining, "You bring one high school friend, and they lose sight of everything." So. Because he's like, impression. yeah, flawless impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, basically, Kuwabara meets Botan and is like, Doki Doki, who's this hot chick? Why you cheating on Keiko, Yusuke? And then, till Yusuke explains his job as a spirit detective. Kuwabara is such a bro, though. Like, not just to Yusuke, but like to Keiko. Like, he wants the best for both of them. Yeah. God. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, Botan, in order to uh, allay his suspicions, starts floating on her oar, and Kubra's like, oh no, is she a witch? To which Yusuke responds, no, nah, she's just the Grim Reaper, don't worry about this. <laughs> and, you know, he's obviously freaking out, but that's when he starts, you know, doing the flirting with Botan in a very awkward way that I could totally imagine some of my high school friends having done in high school. I shouldn't say he was literally flirting with death. Oh, yeah. wow, wow. That's actually really good. Yes, I'm not editing that in. It's you... foreshadowing, actually, if you think about it, too. Oh, yeah, he, he does part with death during this tournament. But anyways, uh, we get broken out of like his uh, like little love vision thing that happens by a cigarette, a lit cigarette landing on his shoulder and burning him. Flips around to see Genkai there saying, Hey, if you guys want to get disqualified, stay out here. I don't fucking care. And they, they rush back in. 
And the next round is Shonen versus Chimpo. And so we never actually get to see what goes on in this round. It's, it's so just, disappointing. Yeah, it just takes place in complete darkness, but we can hear it. And it just basically feels like an entire um, physical match. And Shonen comes out the victor. Um, is he dead? Like, is Chinpo dead? Because, like, I feel like he just, like, punched him, and, like, it's just, like, maybe he's just unconscious in a fucking corner again. There's just a lot of dudes in corners in this room. I'm just imagining just this is, like, a body out. collector. I mean, <laughs> she's gotta get, have some assistance there. That's a big place. I mean... Was this different in the manga? Like... Uh... I can't I'm remember. pretty sure it kind of, it's pretty much the same, where it's just, like... Next they, two players go in, one player comes out. Where's the Chimpo guy? <laughs> you know what I think? It's like, you remember that how, movie Smart House? When mm-hmm. we were kids? Oh my god. Where all the trash just seeps into the floor and like disappears. Oh Same my thing. god. Bodies just seep into the tile. You oh can't god. be our mom, Pat. You're not real. Jeez, wow, what a deep cut. Yes, this is, yeah. Genkai's <laughs> compound is the smart house of anime. Uh, but yeah. So the next match is uh, Kuwabara versus Musashi, a.k.a. the Eyepatch Samurai. Mm-hmm. And Musashi can mask his spirit energy, nullifying Kuwabara's advantage in this with his spirit awareness. Musashi is also has really good but normal human night vision. So he kind of has the advantage in the dark, even though you would initially assume it's going to be Kuwabara. Yeah. So he has the upper hand and is just beating up this kid, Kuwabara, until Kuwabara breaks off um, his it's his body that breaks the sword. Yeah, like Kubara doesn't purposefully try to break the sword. Like, like Musashi is just hitting him a lot, and it just flies off. Kubara just being Kubara. Kubara just has pecs of steel. Obviously. Yeah, wall of meat. Wall of meat. Wall of meat. Wall of meat. Kubara. Well, there's gonna be a lot of hashtags. <laughs> so. Uh, this freaks Musashi out because it means that Kubara is a very strong... He's a strong boy. <laughs> what a strong boy. I kind of wish he had actually said, oh, What a strong boy. <laughs> Bakana. But, uh, you know, so he, Musashi's like, Oh, I gotta fucking finish this and goes in to use his... His technique's like something like the Shinbato school photon sword is how it translates into English. But mm-hmm. I think in the English version... What do they call it in the English version? It's just like the spirit sword. Not, not the spirit sword. It's like something else. The magical lightsaber sword. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. But like, so he's going in for this attack, and they cool. They do this really cool black and white pencil style drawing, like you know, maybe like charcoal pencil style drawing, and like it gets super impressionistic. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. out of this black and white, you just see like a very colorful neon orange beam shoot out. And Kuwabara channels his energy using his massive spiritual awareness to send it through the wooden piece that was broken off, and def- like blocks the sword. And then now has a new weapon, finishing the fight. I did like when it came out, it sounded like a lightsaber. It, no, it is literally the lightsaber noise. Yeah. I mean, they do like this. The, it's just that when it came out that I heard it. But... Oh, yeah. The rest, of, it was Throw, like, the rest of the series, it's still the lightsaber noise to the point where I'm just like, how did y'all not get sued? Ooh, Lucas coming. Lucas just doesn't like anime, so he got lucky. Um, one thing about Kuwabara's opponent, so it's not super confirmed, but there's rumors that... Um, Togashi named Musashi after this famous samurai Miyamoto it's probable. Musashi. Yeah, so he's I the think, most famous samurai of all time. So. Yeah, so pitting Musashi with Kuwabara I thought was really cool because I think later on in the series, Kuwabara becomes known for his iconic spirit sword. So kind of having him discover 
his outlet for his energy with an actual samurai, I think was just really cool. Like, really well done. Like, wow, congrats. It's interesting, the Musashi character, in addition to being, like, a, you know, Kenjutsu practitioner, is, like, an Mm -hmm. exorcist. He's effectively the blade of their of the blade of japan which is like really fucking cool to me and like it's interesting because musashi miyamoto musashi the historic figure in addition to being like a famed samurai like he was actually a rough and tumble dude like his big rival was the gentlemanly samurai guy but he was described as even though he was honorable he wasn't a dirty fighter but he was very much like just like the tough guy type thing instead of being the refined portrait of samurai that people were trying to have at the time mm-hmm. but he ended up being like the greatest who ever lived so it's it's an interesting contrast because he does sort of stick out from the rest of historical famous samurai and so it's cool that Kuwabara is his direct uh, like they kind of make Kuwabara his direct analog is like he's a rough and tumble dude with like a heart of gold yeah I thought it was a reference to Brie Fencer Musashi. But... Well, that's also a reference to Mi- Miyamoto Musashi. Gotcha. He uh, He's famous for not only being an incredibly strong fighter, but also writing the Book of Five Rings, which is generally considered the best Kenjutsu manual of all time. And the final fight of the round is Yusuke versus Kabano. So, scarred martial arts Jesus. He <laughs> So, the fight starts off with uh, Kamado putting on this helmet that is supposed to boost his spirit awareness by focusing all his senses on the spirit energy instead, which allows him to sense the spirit energy of his opponent while amplifying his own. Or doesn't amplify it. It, it, it doesn't amplify, amplify it. it allows oh. him to focus it. So, focus, so later Genkai kind of... Yeah, to like basically draw it into a specific area to increase like the amount of like energy in a single attack. But it doesn't increase it it's just like hey what if i took it from the rest of my body and which is why he gets weird images of his arm being fucking gigantic at certain points <laughs> so this helmet gives him the upper hand and basically he's just given yusuke the beat down of the episode um and since he has an easier time seeing yusuke since his energy is noted to be um erratic um Yusuke does throw some good attacks, but the darkness, he does definitely have the disadvantage since he can't see anything. Yeah, he he throws some nice punches, but, like, basically it's described as him hitting non-vital areas or, like, things that, like, aren't... Like, he doesn't hit him right on the chin. He hits him, like, you know, in the uh, cheekbone instead. So it's just, like, that's gonna do damage, but the dude's wearing a metal helmet, so have fun with your hands, dude. Um, Kabano then retaliates with his signature attack... Which in the English version is called the Big Arm Bomber, uh, which in the Japanese is the Great Arm Explosive Smash. But uh, he draws his spirit energy into his arm, causing it to balloon like he like got stung by like twenty thousand bees or something, and then just does like a clothesline. It's very pro wrestling, which is surprising because the rest of the time he's described as having like a traditional martial arts background. Got JBL in this anime. It's awesome. Maybe that's. He's a master of all art styles, including pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, interestingly enough, in the early 90s, there was a attempt to legitimize pro wrestling by having a lot of those dudes compete in MMA as it existed in Japan at the time. Some of them actually did pretty well, so I guess you could argue that there was that implication to some degree. Uh, but yeah, the episode ends in a cliffhanger, 
Will Yusuke lose? Who's Rando? We still don't know who Rando is. I, who is Rando? Who, who is Rando? Who is he? We don't know. Does he know? I think it's interesting because like, they're like, yeah, we could very well die. So if we die, that's Rando. Yeah. But, like... It's like, no, there's a bunch of assassins here and like a bodyguard and like karate Jesus. You, you could just fucking die to anyone, actually. They're all scary. Yeah. It's worth it. I want to die to cry, Jesus. Should we take a break here, or yeah, no, let's yeah. Uh, let's take a break, and when we get back, we'll uh, come back with episode eleven. Do 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 do. I'll be introducing the rest of the episodes. So, episode 11, Hard Fights for Yusuke. In Japanese, Yusuke's Hard Battle, a Bruised and Bloody Counterattack. So this aired in the Japan in December 19th, 1992. In the U.S., it was April 20th, 2002. 420, baby. <laughs> Smoke up. Oh yeah, so purposeful. <laughs> so basically what happens in this episode is that Yusuke continues his fight from the previous episode and finds a benefit to smoking (laughs) (laughs) you know there's probably some kind of benefit we'll find out in a little bit in the semifinal round then it takes place on a hill and yusuke has to face an opponent who uses the shuriken as his preferred weapon and has the ability to hone in on his targets yeah so overall impressions everyone um for me i thought it was a great battle like it's one of the few... I feel like Yusuke gets beat up a lot, and um, this one I felt, like, really, really stressed out for him, especially. <laughs> like, sometimes, you know, like, oh, he'll, he'll make it out. But with this one, I was like, oh, God, Yusuke, come on. You can do it. This episode definitely starts the trend that continues through other parts of the show of just, like, hey, guess what? You just finished your fight. Guess what? You have another fight because fuck you. <laughs> it's very common in the Dark Tournament. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of got a better idea of how the SP works during this. So how the power works, but essentially where it's like, a, uh, I said, make an S, where it's like you know, you basically it's a finite amount, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just spend it, and if you don't have any more, it's like you can't do a lot of more spiritual attacks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's like some exceptions to that of like converting bodily energy into spirit energy, but that like is more the exception than the rule. Yeah. Okay, so the how this episode starts out, it kind of continues with Kibano beating up Yusuke to the point where like Yusuke's like bleeding out of his mouth and whatnot. Yusuke does try to find an upper hand, but he keeps on losing because um, they're all in the dark and he gets countered really easily. So Yusuke's energy though is now harder to see, and so um, yeah. Anyone else want to elaborate? So. Uh, Genkai kind of clarifies, like, it turns out that it has more to do with Kibano's expectations than, like, the actual empirical signals given to him by the helmet. Genkai kind of elaborates on this, saying, like, oh, yeah, because in a normal person, uh, you know, kind of making a distinction between Yusuke and, like, the normal reaction to this, like, he's getting beaten up and, like, his spiritual energy should decrease, but his is kind of, like, amped up. Like, you know, he, he's just, like, getting more into the fight, so his spirit's kind of going a bit wild. And uh, combined with the erraticness of his energy, it probably just made it so that Kabano couldn't necessarily read exactly what the level was at that time. 
And so he's more dangerous than ever now, so it's kind of this cool high-stakes uh, gambit going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yusuke gets uh, Kabano into an outside two-on-one, which is where you're holding a person's arm in, like, two of your arms. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to, in the Japanese version, they elaborate that he's trying to sort of rip the muscle off the bone mm-hmm. to, like, really fuck up his arm, while in the American version they say he's trying to break it. And I I wonder if that's, like, a cultural thing, but who knows. It might just be because it's a more convenient explanation than being like, yeah, tendons, they can rip, bro. Uh, but yeah, so Kibano responds by, one, explaining, yep, I'm a master of all martial arts, including grappling, picks Yusuke up, like, starts with what looks like it's going to be a fireman's carry, but then he just starts swinging him around like he's a lasso, <laughs> and throws him in, like, a way that looks like he just got, like, thrown like a football, so Yusuke is, like, spinning headfirst into concrete. It's great. Yeah, so... That's a common thread with, common trend with him. Oh, getting, like, spun out like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> it happened in the last uh, couple episodes ago, right? Mm-hmm, I yeah. think so, yeah. It's going to be a continuous thing. <laughs> yeah, so Kibano urges Yusuke to surrender, and he even, like, has the audacity of opening one of the ear flaps from his helmet saying, hey, I want to listen to you surrender, and rather than just, you know, feeling out the vibration, which he's been doing to, like, keep the advantage in the battle. And so Yusuke notices and finally thinks of solution. So we didn't mention this in the previous for the previous episode discussion, but there's a lit cigarette, and Yusuke manages to sneak that little lit cigarette into Kibano's gi. This belt. is revealed sort of later, but this is kind of ha- how it happened. Yeah, and so then with that, Yusuke can actually see him in the darkness and. Uses his spirit gun to win. Ironically, uh, the mask Kibano was wearing prevents him from noticing this because, like, one, he's wearing a very heavy gi. So, uh, if you haven't ever worn, like, a judo gi, which it looks more like a judo gi than a karate gi, mm-hmm. it's like a very thick fabric. So, if you had a lit cigarette on you, you probably wouldn't actually feel it for at least a bit until it started burning through. Um, but he isn't able to sense that it's there not only because of the not sensing the temperature, but also if you were to look down, since he's entirely focused on spirit energy right now. Cigarettes don't give off spirit energy, so he would just see himself. Mm-hmm. That plus he probably has all that adrenaline, so he probably wouldn't even notice being hot or not. That's true too, as well. So he his his uh, ability to you know cut off his other senses actually does fuck him up in the end. And so Yusuke uh, sort of does like a cool badass counter where Kabano's going in for the attack. Yusuke spins around and shoots him with a spirit gun right in the face, using the uh, distance between the cigarette and his. Where his face probably is to just blow the helmet off. <laughs> probably. And just wreck him up. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. All, all this work and he just gets beat by a 14-year-old. I'm just karate master. And it's like he just gets shot in the face. <laughs> it's a 14-year-old who can shoot like energy out of his hand. It's pretty crazy. Typical manga shonen. Who looks like he's 25 at least. So. Yes. Yeah. You know. Anime yeah. logic. Uh-huh. Anime aging. And so, fun fact. The cigarette... We mentioned in the previous section that it was Genkai's, but in the manga, it actually belonged to Yusuke. Oh. So, yeah. Well, super delinquent? Yeah, he super smoked delinquent. in the manga. Uh, yeah, he smoked in the manga in, in like, the first appearance he had in the manga. Like, first, one of the first appearances he had in the manga, he was smoking, and he kind of continues this habit throughout the manga series. In the anime, they change it to where he just chews gum instead and wears green uniforms to show his delinquency. I think it's just, you know, to 
make his delinquency less harsh and not promote smoking in children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. The same thing happened with JoJo where... Um, oh, yeah. Where they sense, like, where he... And this, when he's... Because uh, in one of the fights, one of the main characters is 17. He smokes at one point to sort of uh, throw his character off. And, and the manga gets fully uncensored and in, and in the OVA, but... And the new anime, it's like, he literally makes the whole face black. They yeah, there's a non-diegetic shadow that just goes over his face <laughs> that they use to also censor out a, like, a Nazi salute. So it's like, ah, yeah, smoking, it's as bad as Nazism. <laughs> or the gore, or all the gore. Well, yeah, they also censor the gore with, like, weird, just a shadow appeared. Crazy. It's just kind of interesting how that trend changed over time, where yeah. it might not have been that big of a deal when the anime, the manga was released, but when the anime and stuff came out you know the smoking stuff got really bigger and bigger so. yeah so like my dad and my mom at least in the philippines so i'm a, i'm kind of translating this kind of weirdly but i know when they were kids like smoking cigarettes was like allowed in their school interesting like they went to a school called Aten- or my dad went to a school called ateneo when he was in high school, if you had a parent permission slip, you were allowed to smoke on campus. Wow. That's just how common smoking cigarettes was, I think. Just yeah. like back in the day, especially when this manga first came out, I think it was more like a, you're a delinquent if you're doing it underage, but like, it's not like the end of the world. Right. So, Japan is one of the few like first world countries where smoking is like still like a big thing that a lot of people do, like, yeah. and that it hasn't like yeah. decreased that much. And, like, I'm not exactly sure about why that is, but because of that, there were more permissive attitudes towards its depiction of even kids into the 90s. But uh, as things kind of went on, the more public something got, the more you had to sort of be like, oh, yeah, maybe kids shouldn't be smoking on television, mm-hmm. dog. So, yeah. yeah. But cool, smoking does make everyone look cooler in that. That's animes. true, yes. Does, yeah. Yeah, Hajime Saito, uh, like, citation right here. <laughs> yes. But don't smoke, kids. That's the lesson of this whole Unless discussion. you use it to beat up karate masters. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the one time it's okay. <laughs> okay, so after this huge battle, we automatically go into the semifinals, which is, like, right in the outdoors. And Yusuke is really tired, all beat up, and he used up his only chance for the spirit gun. So now he's like, well, fuck. And so now the only fighters that we have left other than Yusuke and Kuwabar, are also Kazimaru, who is the ninja ball guy, and then Shorin, who we never really seen fight, but who knows. And Yusuke thinks Kazimaru is the sus one. He's probably gonna be rando. What is sus? Suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Oh, okay, I've like, never heard of guy, this. That guy is super sus. A.K.A. Suspicious. Oh, I read it as Seuss. I was like, what? (laughs) It's sus. Okay. So, Suspicious. It's mad sus, y'all. It may just be me and Hannah's. uh, We are sisters. Twins, actually. So, it may just be our own twin lingo. Yeah. (laughs) Shorthand. But, anyway. Kazimaru is, right now, the one that Yusuke thinks could be Rando. And so, when they go to the fight for the semifinals is on this very creepy hill where apparently a lot of people died and (laughs) (laughs) lots of people died and so the spiritual energy there where everyone gets amplified ten hundreds fold or or like restored as well like it increases your natural ability to restore spirit energy which is convenient let's say (laughs) 
In the uh, U.S. version, uh, they describe, like, you know, some spirits there drove uh, ancient warriors crazy. They killed their own allies. There was a giant massacre. In the Japanese version, it's just, there was a big battle here. That is why there's a lot of, like, restless souls. The U.S. version just makes things so much more dramatic. Well, to be honest, it's, it's, it was so common in Japan, it probably didn't even phase them. Yeah, just one of the big battles, you know. Yeah, I think, so again, uh, we talked about the, the suicide forest thing earlier, but this kind of connects it to sort of like that idea, because the reason the, uh, it's I think it's Aoki Gahara, is that, I think that might be the name of the yeah, suicide no. forest. But it's right outside of a famous battle from like the 1600s, uh, where like the large armies of the east and west of Japan finished uh, their fight that would establish the Tokugawa shogunate. So I don't know if this is that place, but it's definitely playing on that like cultural foreknowledge, which is why in the Japanese they can just say like, yeah, there was a terrible battle here. And then the US version, they have to just make up some extra shit. They're like, oh, we got to really emphasize how crazy this was. And um, so Yusuke complains about having, I forget if it's Yusuke who complains or someone complains on his behalf. But they complain about having two fights in a row. And the Japanese version, Kazumaru, says something to the effect of, well, the higher your spirit, uh, the more that you can rely on luck, which isn't really used in the English version, where he only says that uh, Yusuke survived due to luck. So it's kind of two different attitudes on luck, where in the Japanese version, luck is seen as both providence and also indicative of your spiritual abilities, while in the U.S. version, it's like, you don't deserve this because you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And... Maybe that's why Yusuke was so suspicious of Kazumaru, because Kazumaru is just shit-talking him the entire time. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, so they end up fighting each other first, but, and yeah, our boy's in trouble. He has really, as we said before, no energy, and then, um, yeah, Kazumaru just starts beating the shit out of him. Very repetitive theme throughout this entire tournament. Yusuke gets beat up a lot, and so... Yusuke tries to end it with one punch, but unfortunately he gets stuck in some really thick mud or like just like kind of like mushy sand or whatever. Yeah, throws off like he's trying to basically put all his energy into one kick-ass uppercut, but he's thrown off momentarily by like the slipping in the uh, mud. And so when he goes to throw it, Kazumaru is able to dodge it just fast enough Mm -hmm. that he gets like a large gash on his face, but doesn't get knocked out because... Kazumaru basically says, like, hey, if that had hit me, I would have been out. Yeah. Yeah, so Kazumaru has his ninja skills and ninja speed to kind of give him the upper hand, and he has spirit-seeking shurikens to beat up Yusuke. So basically, Yusuke can get anywhere, and the shuriken can just, like, find Yusuke and, like, get him. So Yusuke has to dodge these, but... He barely makes it, and it's a similar fight in part three where he easily catches. Yeah, just as an interesting, an interesting yeah. side note. Like in part three, someone has a similar thing with a uh, you know spirit seeking uh, projectiles, and by that time, Yusuke is so badass that he's able to just catch them barehanded. But for right now, he has to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. So Yusuke attempts a dodge, and the shuriken hits a log, and, like, the log, for some reason, explodes. Which none of us were expecting the first time we saw it, because I was just like, what the fuck? I was 12 years old, and it was, you know, 2002, and I was just like, oh my god. There's a log. You were 12 in 2002? Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) I was 10 in 2002. Crazy. Oh, now y'all know crazy. our birthdays. Have fun Have fun with our uh, password information as well. Uh, but yeah, so the log explodes because uh, Kazumaru explains those things are full of gunpowder. It's just like, man, you're really stacking the deck against him, dude. This is some crazy shit. 
Uh, but Yusuke, you know, kind of making a, a quick decision is like, well, fuck this, I guess I'm going to lose. So he decides to uh, give up on his life and take Kazumara out with him because he's like, yo, man, this guy's bad news and it's probable that he's rando. So he tells Kuwabara to, you know, take the fight, like win the tournament for him. Kuwabara is kind of stunned. And Yusuke starts running towards uh, Kazumaru, who, you know, he, he's like, oh shit, the guy's trying to blow me up with him. Well, let's see where this goes. Yeah, and so Yusuke decides to run directly into Kazumaru, who's preparing his infamous Kamehameha. Not (laughs) not the actual name, but, like, he never really gave... I think he says, like, the spiritual launching. Yeah. Something very, like, programmatic, basically. Yeah. Three Japanese long titles. (laughs) And all of a sudden, just about it's about to go off, Yusuke suddenly disappears like that, and then the shurikens (laughs) redirect towards... Kazumara's high energy and both just blow, blow up sky high. So basically the shuriken just hit him instead of hitting Yusuke. So did so did uh, Yusuke kill the Nazi then? Uh, I can't remember I think, if he I think them. Kazumaru is alive but super also, unconscious. Yeah. And I love how this happens too. Like this whole this whole thing plays out where it's like <laughs> Oh, did he mask his energy? How'd he do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> did he do it, Megan? And we actually find out. Here's what happened. It was completely unintentional. Yusuke just happened to fall into a sinkhole. And, yeah, but you know what? It worked out in the end. In the Japanese part, in the Japanese version, Genkai references his good luck as like, a you know, this is a good sign. Like, oh yeah, you know, spirit energy, you did this right. But in the, in the U.S., in the U.S. version, they're like, you've survived this on luck, you idiot. <laughs> um, so in the Japanese version, they this is the first time they mention what I'm about to say, but they talk about not feeling any yoki from Kazemaru, which basically mm-hmm. means demon energy. And so they're actually calling yoki by name, a.k.a. like talking about a distinct form of energy from Reiki. And they're saying, like, I don't think that he was the demon, so that leaves one guy... Mm-hmm. So does does a yoki basically work the opposite of reiki? Um, if you have a high yoki, you have a low reiki, and vice versa. No. no. So it's they're very. I'll put it this way: there are incredibly few individuals who have both yoki and reiki, um, and they're mostly interchangeable, with some exceptions that they'll get into way later in the series. Mm-hmm. So since um, Mario obviously is still. Himself knocked out and everything. Use came Botan use process of elimination, and they find out that the unassuming Shorin is actually Rando. It's very Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. He might not. Maybe they beat him in an earlier round. Well, Yusuke does mention the possibility of either having someone having beat him in an earlier round or him just being in the shadows waiting for them. But like, all signs are pointing to uh, Shorin right now. Who mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever described what he looked like, and if you haven't actually like physically seen it, like, visually seen what Shorin looks like. He's just, like, a little kid. It's like a 12-year-old like, yeah. boy. You know he reminds me? I was thinking, he looks like a mixture of Tenshin Han and uh, Chiaotzu. Yeah! Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. That's, yeah. that's actually a pretty good description. Yeah, but not, like, the take out the buffness of Tien, and now you got something more like it, yeah? Kazumar actually kind of reminds me of Tien. When, oh, yeah. Especially earlier when yesterday, it's like, huh. Bald dude with like something. What if in instead of an eye you had a swastika? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Tissue swastika-shaped things. Yeah, he makes a swastika with his hands and shoots out a beam. <laughs> Imagine the shape of it. Oh god. Anyway, it's like his hands contorted. <laughs> I'm just repeating this for for the record. Uh, he, it is not the Nazi swastika. It is the Buddhist one. Let's go on. Get your fast trick. Okay. So now, unfortunately, since Yusuke just fought, that means Kuwabara has to go against Shorin, aka Rando. So what the heck is gonna happen? We'll find out in the next episode, episode 12. Jesus! The title! Sorry. But, before we do, for some reason, we see a little sneak peek into Rando's actual form, so... Oh, yeah. The, the last shot of the episode is literally just like a still shot where they show Rando's <laughs> true form for no reason. None of them suspicion. Yeah. Suspicious. Yeah, I kind of thought that was annoying. Uh, I noticed that, uh, I think it was either before or after... Uh, the last episode where they're do- you- Yusuke was doing the fight all of a sudden it's like, it's like will he win all of a sudden next episode you see him fighting somebody else like well now I know what happens <laughs> yeah it's like they're not subtle about this I think it gets no, better through the series but like this is like the peak of not being subtle <laughs> it's like it's like someone who's never seen the show decided to do like the exits and like intros kind of thing it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like oh is this one? important like, oh, like, <laughs> that's what you need to know like, well fuck <laughs> it's like I don't know are the Japanese not big spoiler guys or something Maybe. I noticed that a lot like even in My Hero Academia I saw a lot of that yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, even, like, you know, openings, they're, like, those are major plot points that, like... <laughs> oh, okay, without yeah. spoiling anything, man, in the opening of Yu Show as it currently is, there's a lot of characters yeah. who don't show up for, like, another 40 episodes. <laughs> like, where I'm just like, why the fuck are they here? Like, like maybe that's what they were in the manga at, the, at that point, but it's still just, like, man, from a production standpoint, what are y'all doing? Yeah, yeah seriously, I watched his, like... It's like it's like you see the the Hihei, he's like standing there in the intro. It's like, oh, that's guy from the intro fighting alongside Yusuke. I wonder what's gonna happen. <laughs> Patrick, not having seen the show, could you describe some of the other characters that were in the intro? Like, because you don't know who they are. Could you describe Should some we, other characters who are in the intro who you don't recognize? Should we watch the intro real quick? And see. I, I know all of them. I know basically all of them now. I know. I know. Uh, oh no, this Game is in the Kai. outro. This is actually in the outro. Oh, so. I don't watch the outro. Oh, okay. Uh, Should we put it up real quick and have I mean, them? It could, Let's honestly, do it live. Do it go, outro and I'll describe them. I mean, honestly, I think it just simply could be like budgeting reasons. Yeah, like, I, let's think make exactly this, that's I, mean, I think let's that's exactly it. I think that's exactly it. Intro lasts as the far whole. As, well, I mean, even the Walking show. Dead, they, like characters die suddenly. The, the intro. ending or the? Yeah. It's the ending. I mean, like outro. nowadays, they'll have like a new uh, opening and ending per arc. Yeah. Like, in current, but, like, yeah. So, after can... this season, they do that in Yu Hawk show, like, and they stop, like, fucking spoiling it because they made enough money to have more budget. Ah. Uh... We should go on the next one. Okay. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. can watch that on we'll your own it. time, but, like, yeah, yeah, you should see that. It's some shit. Okay. Oh, I thought we were going to do that live. No, uh, we can't. We don't have time. Another no. time. Okay. Another time. We'll, make sounds... a whole, we'll dedicate, it, dedicate some time to live so. reactions. I'm down for a whole episode of us just watching endings and outros in multiple <laughs> yeah. languages and just being like, whoa, what the fuck happened in this version? <laughs> down. Okay. Okay, so next, episode 12. Rando rises, Kuwabar mm-hmm. falls. In Japanese... Rando appears. Kuwabara's grievous defeat. Yeah, the English version here is just as bad as the Japanese version. There's like, like no ambiguity. Like it's like, nah, he died, or like he doesn't die, but like he, he, he gets, gets defeated. Fucked. Yeah. Fucks. Anyway, the air date was um, December 26, 1992, in Japan. In the U.S., it was April 27, 2002. It's a cool Christmas present for Japan. Oh yeah. Day after Christmas present. <laughs> the fairy character die a horrible death. Oh, sad. Okay, so what happens in this episode is that Kuwabara faces Shorin, who reveals more than his initial 
demeanor and whatever. Rando shrinks Kuwabara in size, proving to be much too powerful for him, as Rando literally almost crushes Kuwabara to death. Yeah, I got some really, really awkward uh, Vore vibes from this. So. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't know what that is. Weird. Oh, Jesus. What's the, Vore? Uh, well, so, that, so Vore is a category of porn about eating things. Oh. But uh, it's less Vore and more just S&M. But, like, yeah. No, Vore is from, uh, I, th- I forget if it's Greek. I think it's Greek. So, like, you know, carnivore. So, like, mm-hmm. meat eating. So that might be Latin then. Like, but, eating? Yeah. Okay, wait. But it's, let's not get into it. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll ask you guys off. Okay. Mike. Yeah. This episode I think was really hard to watch because I just hate seeing Kuwabara in pain. Though that happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> so if you're a major Kuwabara fan, sorry ahead of time. <laughs> I think like every main character goes through some torture at some point in the series with the exception of Hiei. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to watch, but it was a good episode, so... You, what do you guys think? Do you guys... Uh, I don't... I, I don't know. Like, I... Rando's power is kind of, like, that's, like, his big thing. I shrink people, and well, then... He has other things, yeah, too. I that know. one's just more like, hey, here's some weird notable shit. Yeah, but that's his, like, main thing. Like, that's his, like... That's his kink, because, like, so, like a, I'm a his shrink. His kink, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have, a shrink, I have a shrinking fetish. Watch out. Like I said, war, man. Uh, but, yeah, I really... I really actually like the, f- the fight... Despite me really thinking like, oh man, fuck Rando, mm-hmm. halfway through just because I really, I really think it was a really interesting fight though. It was when he, when he was shrinking, I thought he because I remember he got big. It's like, oh, he's big now. I, I even wrote down on my notes. It's like big instead of small, and all of a sudden he smells like, oh man, that tricked me. I no, I think they, I think that's their intent. Like I, I think everyone I've ever watched it with thinks that's what happens, and that was what I thought happened the first time too. Until they show the grass, I'm like, that's weird, and they show the caterpillar. It's that's weirder. It's like you're actually with Yusuke and his perception. It's like, oh wow, Rando's growing. Yeah, or yeah, Kuwabara at this point. Yeah, so Kuwabara. He looks at Shoran and he's like automatically cocky. He doesn't feel any significant power from him, so he's like, I got this and everything. Yusuke and Botan don't sense anything either, so which is like actually pretty suspect. So. Pretty sus, yeah. Yeah, pretty sus. sus. Pretty sus. <laughs> I swear I've heard that before, not just you guys, so you might not be alone to know. <laughs> Maybe it's a SoCal thing or something. So, um, with that, there's actually like a stat comparison. Does anyone want to elaborate on that part? Yeah. So, Shorin, uh, his spirit awareness was 10 to 5, aka he won two out, uh, he won 10 rounds out of 15 of uh, rock, paper, scissors. Kuwabara, on the other hand, got a perfect score of 15. Uh, Shorin has 121 power, and Kuwabara has 129. And uh, Shorin has 73 capacity, and Kuwabara has 57. So something weird about this is Kuwabara remembers the stats, and is like, yeah, I'll have an easy time. And I'm like, I was looking at the stats side by side, and I'm like, dude, you just have, like, better awareness. Everything else, he's, like, nearly, like, yours or better. (laughs) Well, I mean, you just have to think of his interest. Like, when he's taking that test... It's like, yeah, he didn't really give a shit about it. But this one is like, oh, I'm super focused and want to get good. So he... he like, I could actually see that, especially Kuwabara is kind of that kind of fighter where he doesn't really show until he's in a big scenario. Like, he, he does bad on, like, test-type things. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so the fight starts with Korbar just beating the shit out of Shorin. Like, he, he, like, starts and then just decks Shorin right away and is surprised that he, like, he's like, that was a warm-up punch. I didn't think that would fucking do that. He, like, nearly twists Shorin's, like, head around and, like, the guy, like, lands face first on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, which then Shorin finally uses his counterattack, which is basically fireballs. Um, in Japanese, it was called the Flaming Palm Blast Technique. In the U.S., it was Circles of Inferno. So, yeah. But the thing is, Genkai recognizes this. And she actually says out loud, this is a technique of a slain um, psychic. So, it kind of confirms all our theories and everything. Yeah, she's she's just kind of like, that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I remember this dude dying. <laughs> yeah. So, Korba gets knocked back by the fireballs. Um, or he knocks them... He knocks, he counterattacks them with, um, his spirit sword, which he just, like, got from the last battle. And in the Japanese version, it turns out Kuobara mentioned being able to hit, um, fastballs at the speed of 120 kilometers per hour at batting cages. So I'm sure is like, I got this. Yeah, he's basically <laughs> like, wait, this is as fast as you can throw these? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. So it looks like... Kuwabara is set to win, which is awesome. That's what we're all rooting for. Yeah, we all wanted that. Except that's not the case, unfortunately, because Shorin starts practicing some DIY black magic and starts chanting this sutra, and Genkai also recognizes this. She realizes that these are techniques learned from masters who were murdered, and, like, um, in the English version, it was, like, centuries ago. Yeah, so, like, it's very much like, oh, if, you know, you thought, like, maybe this person just knows that technique now, it's like, no, this has literally been lost for centuries, so something weird is fucking going on right now. <laughs> yeah, and so, all of a sudden, Kuwabara is like, wait, what? and he starts, like, everything starts getting bigger, and or he thinks, like, Shoen's getting bigger, but in reality, Kuwabara's shrinking. And he doesn't even realize this until he sees, like, a caterpillar right next to him. <laughs> it's, like, his height. <laughs> it's a pretty adorable caterpillar. Yeah. Yes, it was. And so you see Shorin. He's, like, a pretty pleasant-looking guy. Kind of looks even cute. And then all of a sudden, he picks up Kuwabara in his hands. And that evil anime shadow face thing that happens yeah. is, like, all over his face now. And, yeah, he just straight up's like... Crushes Kuwabara, breaks all his bones. There's a very graphic x ray shot of the bones breaking. <laughs> yeah, I hated the crunching sound, maybe crunch. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. It's like the the uh, Dragon Sounds the same one, like Dragon Ball, when uh, the. It probably is the same. Yeah, it's probably the <laughs> same sound library. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it was really, uh, really gruesome for me, especially that bone part. Like, oh gosh, please mm-hmm. don't do that. I wonder how they did this, like foley wise. I wonder if they Water took like bottle. chicken bones, put them next to like something, and then just tuned it down so it was a deeper tone. Maybe like a water bottle, yeah. and you. Go... <laughs> oh, that that would work too. That's a much better and less gross version of what I was thinking. <laughs> Take yeah. real human bones and snap. <laughs> yeah, they just go to a morgue with a with a mic. It's really weird. They just murder people on the mic. They, they have really dedication to their art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really fucking brutal scene that kind of, I'd say to this point, this is the darkest shit that's happened in the show. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Other than the cat thing. I think mm-hmm. the cat thing was almost... Oh, like, okay. <laughs> if the cat had actually been killed, yes, it would have been the darkest thing on the show, but that, that at least ended happily. Yeah. 
Um, so, like, yeah, Shorin just throws Kuobara's near-lifeless body, like, and then Kuobara, uh, uh, Shorin throws Kuobara's near-lifeless body. Kuobara grows back to normal size, but is probably, if not Lame. paralyzed for life, pretty fucked up. But yeah. he's alive. For life. He's still alive. Still alive. And Yusuke is pissed. He finally has all his spirit energy back, which is a how con- the combination of the aura of like the fields around him um, returning his energy, but he's also has that bloodlust revenge to get revenge for his friend, kind of boosting him in his power. He just as soon as Genkai um, like starts the fight, he just goes straight in attack Shorin. Um, with as much power as he can. He's like landing punch after punch and doesn't give Shoran any time to counter back. And which was, uh, which That was kind of Kuwabara's mistake. He just let the dude just start chanting shit. Instead oh, yeah. Of like, <laughs> yeah, I was watching this with my roommate who had never seen the show before and he's like, wait, why doesn't he attack the guy right now? And I'm like, well, let me explain. is a very honorable dude. And also, this is like when they're like just kids and this is like their first case so he doesn't know you should probably kill the dude who's trying to chant a spell. Well, I mean, even in uh, Dragon Ball Z, it's the same thing. In Dragon Ball Z, they straight up let people get more powerful because they're assholes. But well, like, it's, it's, Spear it's, Palm was like, literally, this is going to take seven episodes and the other guy what is he doing well P- piccolo fought off frieza for like five episodes and just had his ass kicked is that with or without nail uh i think that was with nail already i gotcha but yeah so yusuke is wailing on shorin and okay so this is something i'm kind of unclear about shorin's like oh my knees and <laughs> what is this because i remember there being an explanation for this at some point but i totally forget is it just, like, he was hit enough that he lost control of his legs? Or, like, what is going on? He became a dancing machine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can't move anymore. Can't stop dancing. I don't remember that part. Like, Yeah, it, like, literally focuses on his knees, and it shows him trying to move them. He's like, oh. He's like, ow, oh, that hurt? Like, is that what that was for? I thought he just got or... hit so hard that he, like, got paralyzed. That was my thought, but I'm like, they don't explain this well, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, Yusuke can, like, since Shorin can't move his legs, Yusuke comes in, beats the shit out of him, and, uh, Shorin mentions, like, oh, his power red is 155, but it's probably over 200 at this point. Very it's Dragon Ball Z. 5,000! Yes, he should just fucking... Uh, Yusuke also, you know, mentions, in addition to taking revenge for Kuwabara, that this is also for the revenge on, uh, Rando for the 99 psychics that he's killed over hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Shorin's like, okay, well, I guess we're gonna fucking do this, so he uses one of his next techniques, uh, Zanku Repujin, uh, which is apparently, like, vacuum sickle vortex. Uh, he makes these, like, I guess you could say mini cyclones, that the explanation of this wasn't very good. It was kind of like, yeah, man, I create a vacuum on the outside of your body that sucks air from inside of you and hurts a lot. But I, I was just thinking, like, do these actually hurt, like, kill people, or do they just make them feel pain? I'm not sure. Yeah, what? I don't know. Because visually, when you see the attack, it looks like pinwheels, like, or, like, little wheels of, like, colorful lights and energy. So the whole sickle vortex thing nah, it doesn't really match with the image it looks really fucking cool yeah but it doesn't looks... do much more than like really really fucking hurt yeah did they describe it as like a razor sharp uh like things in the uh in the in the subtitle one? they literally describe it as razor sharp but you never see that except for when it hits the ground and cuts up a bunch of grass well you see the blood thing when it hits josuke you hear the you, you 
Yusuke. Josuke. Josuke. Shit. Who's yeah. Josuke? Too much Josuke. He's uh, the main Sorry. character of season four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Sorry. Uh, I knew that was going to happen eventually. But yeah, Yusuke uh, counters this. But like, so when he gets hit by it, it hurts a lot and it stops him from doing whatever he's doing. So he decides to counteract this by forming like a little spirit barrier around himself and diving directly into it in order to like uh, Genkai in the English version at least mentions that he's minimizing the effective surface area of the attack by diving straight through it. Uh, and if you all have ever seen uh, original Dragon Ball, he effectively ends the fight the w- way that uh, Namu from original Dragon Ball tries to kill or defeat Goku by putting his like two forearms onto Goku's neck as they're diving from the sky in order to like uh, either break his neck or like uh, cause him to get knocked out. It's it's kind of like a gi choke in judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but without the gi and with right. like significant uh, falling trauma. Mm-hmm. And so Yusuke does this, and I'm going to be frank, he probably just, if if this person turned out not to be Rando, he'd just kill a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Rando, you know, gets fucked up, I guess. I tell you, it'd just be kid on kid violence. Oh, that's true, I guess. <laughs> so a 14-year-old beat up a 12-year-old. Woohoo. Killed a 12-year-old, I guess. But, um, you know... It seems like everything's uh, fine and dandy, and in the, uh, you know, in they say something to the effect of like, yeah, you know, now Kuwabara can go off to Nirvana or rest in peace, and Kuwabara remarks, I'm, I'm still alive. <laughs> Shh, quiet, quiet. Basically. Let him rest. But uh, guess what? It turns out, uh, you know, you know, uh, Yusuke tries to claim his prize and talks to Nenkai, and she's like, it's not over. And uh, cue an earthquake, some dramatic music, and suddenly a villainous monologue that if you're watching the U.S. version comes in in a different voice than Shorin's. If you're watching the Japanese version, it's the same, <laughs> same voice. voice. Wow. Japanese, it's so it, weird. In yeah. the Japanese, is it, what, what is his voice like? It's like, kid. it's <laughs> kind of like, uh, I can't do a real it good voice. Like but it's kind of like in the uh, Japanese yeah. But like all throughout, so it never matches the new body. It's like, mm. hi, I'm Shorin. Hi, I'm Rando. Like it's the same. <laughs> I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> like, <laughs> so something that's really weird about this is that uh, Rando means child of confusion, which does does fit a lot with using the child's voice in the new body, but like, man, I can see why they localized this different for the American version because I don't think it would have flown. Because like, the whole like, oh, child as demon thing is a trope in both Japan and the states, mm-hmm. but I think it wouldn't work with like the oh. sort of like tough action that Rando is going to put Yusuke yeah. through Speaking in the that, states. Did they censor that? Uh, did they censor the swastika in the U.S.? Version? Oh yeah, yeah, in the U.S. version, they just made him have a just forehead. Just, oh, really? Yeah. They blurred it out? Like, yeah, so, uh, like, I have the US DVDs, which are uncensored, but if you saw it on Toonami, it was just like, it is his skin color. Yeah, I was curious about that, because I remember, uh, I, saw, I was like, they probably got to censor that when it went on TV. They totally did. Um, I kind of figured. There's a similar, did you guys ever watch Get Backers or read Get Backers? Yeah. They did a similar thing with dudes who would show up with, like, the manji on their forehead as well. Oh. Yeah, for the English version. Uh, but yeah, so uh, a little bit of background on, you know, Rando, just like a little sidebar on the dude. Um, but he's probably a spider demon. It's never directly established, but he uses webs as like a natural attack of his. And, uh, he's a, uh, power hunter and like tries to get different people's powers, which this is not my note. This is something I found online, but people are like, oh yeah, this is similar to a character from Hunter Hunter named, uh, Crollo, uh, Lucifer. But in the case of Rando, he has to kill them while Lucifer has to keep them alive in order to use the power. Oh, yeah. And he has that spider pattern on his face, too. Oh, yeah, he has a spider pattern on his face, lending more credence to the dude's probably a spider. 
Yeah. But so, uh, the last note we have here is Rando's here, bitch. Yeah. So <laughs> here. Speaking of Hunter x Hunter, and I mean, I just pulled up a Google image, but like Yu Yu Hakusho has. There's a very similar character. Kazum, bring back to Kazumaru. There's a very similar character. Oh, in, uh, you're in, looking at a character that, from Yu Hakusho who's not Kazumaru right oh, now. Oh, okay. Never That's mind. That's a character who shows up in season four. Just kidding. I lied. Yeah. But they, he kind of reuses his characters a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, episode 13. Yeah. Okay, so in episode 13, is called Yusuke versus Rando, 99 attacks. In Japanese, Yusuke versus Rando, sorcery thrown into chaos. That's a cool Ooh, name. I like I that line a lot. So, in Japan, it aired in January 9, 1993. In the U.S., it was May 4th, 2002. So, in this episode, Rando reveals his true demonic form to Yusuke, using a barrage of stolen techniques against him. The battle continues, and Yusuke wins by a complete accident. Spoilers. Act spoilers, and Yusuke, I guess, does a lot of unintentional things throughout this entire arc, it seems like. This is the last fight that he wins by accident in the entire show. Thank God, though. Yeah, thank God. That would have been really shitty. Too much ex machina is just annoying. Yeah, that would have been so shitty if that continued. It's funny here because, like, he's supposed to be untrained. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how did you defeat this guy Mm -hmm. when, like, no other masters could? It's like, ah, things got in my face. Like, oops. Or my ear. Or my ear, yeah. (laughs) This has a lot of good dumb luck. Yes. Um, this, I would say this episode is good. It's actually not my favorite battle of all the battles throughout this whole Genkai tournament. Yeah. Um, I get. I don't know. If it's like anticlimactic is the right word, but it, some points it did. Yeah. Like especially how we'll discuss in the in a little bit, like how he defeats Rando in particular. Yeah. But that that's just me though. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it makes enough sense because, like, they kind of established later that Rando isn't really, like, a great martial artist or psychic. He's just a dude who is able to learn a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So he's almost like a, a collector rather than a real fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. Like, I, you think they're just it would just end in something like a huge... Uh, um, explosion. I mean, the, like the whole Kazumaru blowing up oh, <laughs> the yeah. lawn with his shuriken ended up being a little bit more exciting than how this episode ends. I think Kazumaru could have beaten Rando, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think there's a couple people in this tournament who could have beaten Rando. <laughs> but, uh, like, Yusuke yeah. is put in a pretty bad spot because of the ways that our techniques interact. Yeah. Okay, so... Rando finally shows his true form, and it's like 80s glam rock realness. <laughs> so, because he has long red hair that looks like similar to 80s metal band hair. He has really pale corpse-like paint, um, similar to what a lot of metal bands like Kiss use. He kind of looks like a kabuki. A little oh, bit. Kabuki. Yeah. So, yeah. Like a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. I like did a little research, and so in Japan, tattoos are considered to be a sign of a yakuza or a delinquent, and in kabuki, there's facial markings for different types of characters. So um, I don't know for sure, but probably the facial, the face painting on um, Rando, which is similar to Spider, could also elicit something similar to like a villain in a kabuki play. I think that's oh. yeah, a good call. And then purple and blue facial markings are usually a symbol of a traitor or someone. Like a threat 
but hidden in plain sight, which Rando this was. All works, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. Wow. I didn't think this was deep. I was like, maybe they're like, ah, they used a blue pen here and yeah, a purple one like, there. Yeah, like, oh, it looks pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, credit for that analysis is to a Redditor on the You Hawkeye Show Reddit thread. So props to you. I'm sorry I don't remember your name. That's still cool. <laughs> That's still really cool. It's uh, Kuwabara 420XXX. Yes, probably. I just made that name up. <laughs> That's well, oh. props to you. Um, yeah, so. I was also thinking Randall looked kind of like Naraku from Inuyasha. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, just, like, wasn't he a spider demon? Naraku is a spider demon. Yeah, yeah. so kind of, like, similar stuff. Actually, anyway. isn't Naraku made from, like, a hundred other demons, too? Yes. There's kind of, like, a weird theme going here. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's full circle. Oh, somebody call the police. The fullest circle. <laughs> okay, so... Yusuke decides to p- try to punch Storm Rando, like, boom, boom, basically a bunch of punches at him, but Rando is just too strong, and so, um, there's really no Reiki behind the punches, or just purely physical, because I think Yusuke is kind of, like, running a little low. Um, yeah, and, and Rando's, like, jacked, so it's like, just doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's hitting, like, a punching bag, like, there's nothing happening. Yeah. Um, in the Japanese version, there's, like, a reflection between the difference um, between physical energy and Reiki, but um, it might be force. Yeah, I, I wasn't well. sure if they were making a distinction between, like, the idea of physical force or physical energy, but right. it, it, that's immaterial. Yeah. So, Rando's um, using all the stolen techniques he's gotten throughout centuries um, from all the fighters he's defeated and killed, and Rando obviously takes advantage of the battle and ties up Yusuke using some really deadly silly string as someone wrote. <laughs> that was my notes. Nice. Um, so I think it could tie, but like that's his natural ability the, to basically produce um, steel-like string that he kind of, he ties up Yusuke and starts like flinging him around all over the place until he finally ends up tying up Yusuke over a tree that's hanging over a lake. And using his energy, Rando just summons up all these deadly demon sharks. Called hate fish in the US version. Yeah, <laughs> hate fish! Um, but like an interesting note about the threads that come out of uh, Rando's mouth, in the US version they're called life force threads, while in the Japanese version they explicitly call them yoki threads, aka demon energy threads. Mm-hmm. But in the US version they indicate like, oh, this was taken from an ancient psychic, while in the Japanese version they say this was formed in his own body, which to me leads me to believe that like, one, this is like innate spider demon abilities, and two, like, I think they just didn't want to have to explain the spider nature for the uh, US version. Yeah, they probably also just wanted to emphasize that Rando was a stealer as yeah. well. So is Rando Spider-Man then, if that's the case? Well, he's like Venom, not. I don't know. Peter Parker is an angel, and this guy is obviously literally a demon. Could be like <laughs> one of those alternate universe ones. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no, I love Miles Morales. No, he's actually the anyway. Ezekiel. No one's going to get that. Anyways. <laughs> no one's going to Making a Walking Dead reference. No, Ezekiel is a character in Spider-Man who shows up later and is like, yeah, I have the same abilities as you, but I'm like 60 years older. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And he got his from magic rather than from being bitten. Magic Spider-Man. Basically. Uh, But yeah, uh, Botan tries to convince Genkai to stop the match, but Genkai's like, nah, uh, I'm going to train whoever it is who wins this regardless of the morality. And um, I think this is... Interesting. I don't know if this is, like, anything we can actually draw off of, but, like, 
Genkai has a reason for wanting to teach a successor, and I wonder if this is in any way hinting at that right now, or mm. if it is just coincidence. Yeah, all she really says, she furthers her reasoning, is that she's getting old. So it's like, um, right now, I think, like, when I was watching this, it kind of made Genkai to be not, like, a good guy or a bad guy, but just, like, that morally ambiguous middle, which I always feel is, like, kind of frustrating as an audience. I think she still is, even, like, even later in the series when she's a master. I think she, like, is more neutral than you would guess any master in any anime series would be. She's, like, chaotic neutral. She is, I mean, I think she is, I think she is the strongest chaotic neutral master in any shonen. (laughs) Yeah, so Randall says that he's waiting for Yusuke to, surround, to surrender his fate um, or die before like finishing him off. And copies the spirit gun. I guess he just learns on the spot. <laughs> he's a good collector, yeah. yeah. Convenient writing. <laughs> yeah, and like shoots down the tree that Yusuke is tied to, and Yusuke falls into his into the death lake. Um, Yusuke has like a monologue about dying via becoming fish food and hating fish as he falls into the lake and use um, Kuwabara's soul because he has like some kind of form of astral projection and <laughs> these are all very convenient yeah. things that just keep popping up out of nowhere. Yeah, he has a high enough spirit awareness that yeah. maybe he could just pull this shit off. Sure. I mean, it makes sense. And so Ish. basically yeah, it does Kuwabara astral projects himself. Um, to scare away the demon fish in the la- in the lake, and then starts braiding um, Yusuke some tough love to motivate him by saying that he should um, be a spirit. He that Kobar should have been the spirit detective if Yusuke is too dumb and is willing to give up and everything. With Yusuke and Kobara's like rivalry, um, it works, and Yusuke regains his strength to break through the string, and he fries the fish in the process and like emits a lot of light and explosions via spirit energy so quick note in the u.s version when yusuke breaks out of the string he yells this is my job and i'm just like why would you fucking say this mouth flaps but detective. still yeah. like there's no analogous line in the japanese version you know, it's like no this is my job yeah when kuwabara to, uh, gave when Kuwabara came to him, I thought that was him giving him his energy that he had left over. I think in the U.S. version, they say something to that effect, like, oh, yeah, he gave him the energy, while in the Japanese version, it's just he gave him motivation. Mm-hmm. I guess, but I don't know, it's just, just sort of the, 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 just the, I assume it's an unsaid thing, because he had a lot, he, they said he was, like, drained of spirit energy at that point, and though he came out, he, like, burst out with a bunch of spirit energy, and then, like, shot him with the ray gun again. I think, so, Yu Hakusho kind of makes a distinction between what you can use at the time versus the ambient amount you have. Like, for instance, if you look at Kibano, the idea of him being able to focus his, like, latent rotating spirit energy into attacks. Like, I think Genkai even elaborated the majority of the time your spirit energy is just sort of, like, circulating, Mm -hmm. and that when you do an attack, you're focusing it. So a way you could understand this is that Yusuke's determination allowed him to better focus the, like, effectively electron cloud of spirit energy around him. Hmm, interesting. I didn't. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z actually does similar things. We're like, yeah, we got stronger by focusing our chi aura into a smaller space. I thought they just get. I thought they just get stronger because they don't almost beat. Them. Well, no, no, I'm saying stronger within one fight as opposed to over time. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So with Yusuke now energized up, he doesn't appear again, and everyone's wondering like, what the hell just happened? Rando 
in the dub, at least, Reno actually voices out loud that he thinks that Kuwabara must have given Yusuke the last of his spirit energy. And so everyone's just kind of waiting in anticipation of what's going to happen. And then suddenly, Yusuke pops up in the swamp behind Rando and pops him with a spirit gun. And it's enough to um, not only look like he's destroyed Rando, but also the lake behind him as well. And yay, Yusuke! He's won, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, good job, well done, me. And he just passes out. Just kidding. Rando isn't dead. He pops up again from the destroyed lake, which is completely evaporated. Yeah, he evaporates the entire thing. Yusuke blew some of it out. Like, this time it just disappeared. Yeah, it's gone. And he just starts beating up um, Yusuke, who's right now unconscious. And he starts to chant the spell to shrink Yusuke, just like he did Kuwabara. But somehow it backfires in the sequence where suddenly he realizes that he's becoming the smaller one. And he's like, what the hell just happened? He's, and then Genkai comes in and she just explains everything. Um, and how... The, the, I watched the dub, so this is how she explained it there. Mm-hmm. That there's a physical law um, that calls for the imbalance of magic incited by this particular technique has to be relieved. So if there's no victim to hear the incantation, it will backfire on the original user having the effects on the user instead. And the spoken chant only affects victims if they hear it um, via entering the brain and reprogramming the cells that actually cause the spell itself or shrinking the body. This was an explanation instead of, oh, he... Shrinks has the magic powers. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> she goes like all... She, she it's goes very weird. Cool. It's very scientific. And I was it's like, like alchemy ah. of sorts. They start talking about equivalent exchange almost. <laughs> Do they also uh, turn their daughter into a dog? No. Oh, no. Daddy? But uh, but yeah, so Genkai says something like, all smart fighters have to do is cover their ears. And then Rando says, if I didn't know that, how the hell could he have? Uh, Genkai then chastises him for just copying techniques without really understanding their mechanics. And, uh, you know, Yusuke wakes up and asks why everything is, like, incredibly quiet. Like, he's like, I'm kind of deaf right now. And he reaches into his ear and pulls out some fucking swamp algae. Because that's how swamp algae works. Yep, why not? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Yusuke's dumb luck basically saved him. Uh, and so Yusuke gets up and he's like, I don't even have enough energy to like punch you even though you're tiny now. So he's like, I'll just let gravity take over and does a cool pro wrestling elbow drop by just falling over. <laughs> and he wins. Hashtag Yusuke wins for real. Yes, for real. So yeah, Yusuke becomes the winner of the Genkai tournament. Woo! <laughs> and then someone wrote the, his last fluke victory in the series. Yeah, every other victory and loss from now on will be, like, for real, not just bullshit. Yeah. So, um, and you know how Genkai was being kind of morbid, saying Kuwabara can finally rest in peace? She actually does the opposite and heals him, thankfully. Um, I would stop watching if Kuwabara is actually dead. I know! <laughs> that would have been... This is too JoJo. dark! That would have been some JoJo shit. Yeah, but- in the Japanese version, um, the Rihado is the main reason, is mainly meant to be used in this way. Could someone elaborate on that? Yeah, in the U.S. version, they don't, like, they don't mention that the way that Genkai is healing him is, like, the spirit wave slash Rihado, 
Like, but in the Japanese one, they're like, oh yeah, even though this is known as like a major offensive technique, and most of the time when it's used throughout the series, it's an offensive technique. Mm-hmm. Genkai says, I actually originally made this as like a cool healing move. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Yusuke does use it to this effect. Well, okay, now that he's the successor, I can tell you this. He does use the healing part of Rei Hado, but like only sometimes and like often off camera. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a part in a later fight where like, his enemy gets distracted and he comes back and he's like, I fucking healed myself with the Rei Hado. Because they're like, we haven't talked about it in 50 episodes. Yeah. Remember that one thing they mentioned one time? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, Yusuke wins and now he's uh, gonna become Genkai's apprentice. And Yusuke is like, he doesn't even realize that. He just wants to get his tickets to, um... The Battle Match Dome. The Tokyo Mashed Battle Match Dome, yeah. Yeah, but then Genkai's like, wait, stop, you idiot. You're my apprentice for six months. Six months. And, yeah, unfortunately, Yusuke hasn't missed out on that. $300 down the drain. Yeah. Um, it goes... I'm sure Botan went by herself. Yeah. What's funny, uh, throughout this episode, occasionally it will go back to the spirit world and, like, Koema's just, like watching this entire tournament <laughs> as if it was, like, an MMA fight. Yeah. And he's, like, he doesn't seem that bothered by everything that's happened. And he even, like, um, I thought it was really funny. Like, Koenma is supposed to be, like, the prince of the spirit world, but he's kind of, like... A secretary yeah. of sorts. <laughs> and he has a bunch of paperwork he has yeah, to Yeah, he's just stamping now. papers, effectively. Me yeah. when the uh, World Cup comes up. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So it kind of ends on a really light note from after all this battle and everything. So one thing that's a bizarre discrepancy between the U.S. and Japanese versions is in the Japanese version, they're like, yeah, we're going to train for six months. And they repeat that in the next episode. They're like, yeah, it was six months. Well, in the Japanese version, they're like, you're going to train for one month. And in the next episode, they're like, it was one month. <laughs> so... Yeah. That's the only major time discrepancy between the two versions in the entire series. But it is weird because I guess you could just account for it. Because they talk about Yusuke's age at various points in the series and it's always in sync between the two. So I guess you could just say, like, Yusuke was born six months earlier in one version. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a goofy note. Yeah, I always wonder about that, too. Because that is huge. I wonder in the U.S. they just thought, like, maybe it makes more sense. It makes way more sense. Like, the amount he gets stronger, like, you need six months. One month makes sense for, like, a middle school student. Because he is a student, technically. I mean, he never goes to school. You're right, he never goes to school. That's why I'm like, yeah, he's been skipping school forever, so fuck it, what's six months? (laughs) The principal would be disappointed, guys. So much for the uh, build-up in the uh, resurrection arc. Yeah, they're like, he's a good student now. Fuck no, he's not. Does he ever go back to school again? I I can't wait for the sequel series where he gets his GED. So does the teachers ever appear again, that whole plot thing? Or is Um, that just thrown out the window? I think the principal comes back a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, the teachers come back, but you'll find out on the next episode. On Dragon Ball Z. Oh. (laughs) No, uh, you know, so that was the end of the episodes that we were watching for, uh, you know, this section. But speaking of which, you're going to find out uh, about, you know, what's up with the teachers on the next batch of episodes, which will be... Oh, it's going to be episodes 14 through 19, so... Oh, is it? Ac- oh, okay, yeah, cool, Yeah, or cool. we're doing five, right? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, we have it written down somewhere. You'll find out, guys. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much going to be the beginning of the Maze Castle arc, which... Um, I'm just going to put it out there. If you've never seen the movie Labyrinth, you should probably see Labyrinth before watching this because you'll appreciate it a lot more. Oh, Labyrinth. Does it ha- actually have a David Bowie? Yeah, David... I mean, the main villain of this next saga is effectively Japanese David Bowie. So, you should call you Kira? 
no, he's more youthful looking than Kira. I gotcha, but does he explode things? Mm, yes, but not as his main method of attack. Oh, so we're watching episodes 14 through 18. 14 so through 18. It's basically Maze Castle up until Suzaku. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Yu Yu Hakusho. Show. Your support means all three worlds, human, <laughs> demon, and spirit, to us. Please hit us up with any questions, requests, or just chat with us on our social media handles linked in the description below. Tune in for the next episode when we discuss episodes 14 through 18. 14 through 18. Thank you guys. Thank you. And See you guys later. Later.
Are you already sweating? Yeah. I, I should have worn fucking shorts today, but... You do live here, so you can change. Yeah. Shorts, they're comfortable and easy to wear. I found the Favorite joys of wearing one-piece suits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything's very simple. I know. Like, you can just... Like, one thing to be worried about and putting on. <laughs> Megan, thank you for reminding me of the obvious. <laughs> that this is your house and you live here? It's like, oh man, I have to drive home. No, you don't. 